Hello and welcome to Built on Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. I'm your host, Zoe Vanderplue, and I'd like to thank our sponsor, OpenSide. OpenSide's newest product, Onto Airforms, is the Airtable form solution that you've been looking for. Visit OpenSide.com to see how it can take your Airtable workflow to the next level. For a limited time, get Onto Airforms free when you purchase the Onto Air Actions Zapier connector. This episode, we welcome Vincent Tang from Orlando, Florida. Vincent is an e-commerce product manager and workflow specialist. He works for a company that builds and designs restaurants, and he has helped hundreds of restaurants grow from concept to successful franchise. Vincent built out his company's product database and purchase order system through Airtable. During his free time, he loves to explore new tools and writes popular blogs on them. He even writes his own software, some of which is used by hundreds of Airtable users. He speaks at technical developer conferences and has won multiple hackathons. During his demo, Vincent shows us two Airtable tools that he's created. One that allows non-Airtable users to collaborate on data from Airtable in Google Sheets, and another that allows you to download and rename images that you've stored in Airtable. He also gives us a tour of an Airtable CRM he built for a nonprofit that helps rehabilitate homeless back into society. Visit builtonair.com to sign up for the Built on Air mailing list, where you can get weekly updates on new podcast episodes and other fun Airtable things. Hey, Vincent, welcome to Built on Air. Thanks for being on the show with us today. Thanks for having me, Zoe. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So I currently work at a company that builds and designs restaurants. So what we do is we work with a lot of local growing franchises within the local area. We work with international chains. We work with national stores as well. And kind of when I first started at that company, I started doing restaurant design and contracting. So clients would come to me and say, hey, I want I have this really awesome idea of this new food truck concept I want to build out. Or I have this new store that I want to build at this local strip mall and, 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 and grow it out from there, right? And so they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, I know what I want. I, I know what my menu line is going to be. I know, you know, kind of an idea of like how this is going to all work. And they'll come to me and I'll provide the architectural spec layouts. I'll do consulting on their, on their menu workflow, also on permits. And then I'll assemble all this stuff together and then send it off as a quote or a bid to that, to that client. And then if they proceed to go from there, we end up, you know, building out the entire restaurant from the ground, from the ground upward, essentially. That's so cool. So I'm, I'm curious, right? Knowing Mm -hmm. kind of all of these complex things that you have to know, like, you know, I mean, measuring a space, right? Knowing what permits to get, like knowing, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, if you're, you know, like a salad bar, you should set your, you know, back of the house up this way. If you're, Mm -hmm. you know, like a fine dining restaurant, right? Do this. How, how did you learn, you know, all of those kind of logistical skills? Were you ever, you know, like a waiter or was this just something you kind of learned on the job or so I, I did work at I did work as a um, a food prep at a hibachi restaurant mm-hmm. starting off when I was in school and that was kind of my first exposure to working in a restaurant kind of just as the right. person just cutting vegetables and that that kind of gave me a, enough of a broad understanding of just how they operate a lot of restaurants kind of operate in different niches 
So you have places that have that are just your takeout. Some places are fine dining, sit down restaurants. You have food trucks now, and you have a lot of different other venues. And just the way I learned is just through experience. You just go to the job site and then you see things through your own eyes, and you're like, "Wow, this is a horribly designed place," or "This is amazing." And and if you go through like enough restaurants, you'll just see like so many weird practices that people do. Like I've seen everything from mop bucket chicken to <laughs> to to Alaskan snow crab legs inside of the the washer room. It's 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 weird to see like what people do to get around different different I guess different county codes that they have right. to operate. Um, but yeah, it, it it was mostly just through going to different restaurants and seeing just way too many of them to count, and then getting a better understanding of how things work in general. Right. Yeah. Getting that scope where you're like, oh, wow, this is really smart. I'm going to use this or like, oh, no, you know, snow crab legs like, <laughs> by the cleaning supplies, like definitely no good. Um, so so are you um, you said you've been doing this for for about five years. Right. Mm-hmm. So how has your role kind of evolved right from just being, you know, measuring the spaces to, you know, you have this whole sort of like tech component that you you do now yeah so kind of um our company wanted to to grow out their operations and i was the tech guy at our company right so the first thing that we want to do is um build out a full production catalog right and and mailing it out to every potential client in the area in order to attract more business so i had to figure out how to actually design a, like a full brochure Kind of like, you know, like if you're designing a yearbook back in high school, it's the same concept. And I had no experience doing that. And then the next thing we had, our company pursued is um, private labeling overseas. Cool. So we would actually import containers of goods to our store in order to save on, on cost of goods sold. And that, that was kind of like my beginning adventure and just exploring the technical realms of just a lot of random stuff. And then eventually we had to build out an e-commerce site for our company. And I literally was the person that had to figure out everything from just here all the way to the very end. And it kind of helps out when you have a technical mindset as well as a business mindset to execute all that. Right. And especially where they're like, hey, you're the tech guy. We've identified that. Just go go figure it out and come back when you have something. That's, that's pretty much all I'm told. It's like, here, we want to do this do it. <laughs> That's it. Like, okay, well, let me do some Googling. Um, let me just Google everywhere and figure yeah. out what everyone does. Right. Yeah. It's, but the, the real, when you know you're experienced, when you know what to Google to get those answers, right? Um, Google foo. Yeah, definitely. So you kind of have, obviously, you know, Airtable, right? This is mm-hmm. an Airtable podcast, but, um, you also kind of have a lot of other skills in Excel and then also just programming in general. You recently participated in a hackathon mm-hmm. uh, and won, so congratulations. Thank uh, you. But tell us a little bit about, you know, so uh, did you kind of just pick up those skills with these projects as you go or, you know, how did you kind of continue learning, right, all of the, you know, ways of spreadsheets and, and coding? So kind of how I first started off is, well, I didn't really have much help because I'm the only person in my company that does anything technically related. So it's like, oh, okay, what do I do? There is internet and I don't know what to search for. So I just literally search for everything. Like literally I go on like every popular 
open course staff. MM, it's called MMOC, Massive Open Online Course, right? Yeah, like the host, free yeah. university ones and stuff. Free like university that. ones, things on YouTube, um, things on Udemy. And I'll literally just audit every course, <laughs> like every course. Like I think I've audited over at least like a thousand or two thousand courses. And Dang. I'm like, okay, this, 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 is, this seems something that might help me on my job. And I'll just like skim through the entire thing and then see if it's relevant or not and then skim through another topic and then I'll just focus on one thing that I for sure know I need to focus on. So I just kept doing that for the last few years and I eventually found myself needing to know more and more technical stuff because I also went into more project management at what I currently do right now and actually managing developers and freelancers to do whatever I need to do that needs to be done. So there was just a lot of missing skill sets that I didn't have and I had to just figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that's also like kind of the best, one of the best ways to learn, you know, if you have a specific problem you need to solve, it's like way more motivating to, you know, do hours of Googling or, you know, mm-hmm. course searching. Although I can imagine it did get pretty monotonous or it <laughs> does. Times. Like, you just, ha- I have this thing where I just tend to analyze way too much on, on, what needs to be done and, and kind of lose my focus. And at a certain point in time, it's like, well, I just need to get this thing done next week and I'll just start working on it. Right. So it's just a different transition. Like, like one week I'll just do a lot of research and then the next week I'll just focus on one specific task and then just go back and forth and rotate. Very cool. Um, so tell us a little bit then how you, you found Airtable amidst all of that Googling. <laughs> So I'm actually a core contributor to some of the alternative software solutions on the web. Um, you've probably heard of things like Captera, things like G2Crowd, mm-hmm. um, Alternative2.net. So Alternative2.net, I'm actually like one of the top 2% users on there. And I actually go through routinely and look for new software packages or pre-made software packages that might help me out in my life or at work. And I was looking for something related to Google Spreadsheets, but I wanted something that was more database-y, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So Google Spreadsheets is nice. You can just do something really quickly, but it gets really messy really quickly, right? So I found an alternative called Airtable, and then there was one called Fieldbook, and then there was another one. I forgot what it's called. And I looked through all of them, and Airtable just had like the nicest user design I've ever seen for a spreadsheet application. I know. (laughs) And I I looked at all the other alternatives, and they were like, this is like made in 2004, and it hasn't been updated. (laughs) So... So that that was kind of like the the landing sales pitch. I'm like, man, I got to try out this application and just see what it's all about and see what it can do. And then from there, I kind of got hooked on it. And I actually, um, I was actually part of the beta program as well. Oh, very cool. When they had the blocks um, feature added. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it... uh it's crazy how much it's grown just in a few years. Like I remember finding it and thinking, oh, this is really cool, but is this going to be like one of those apps where like I really love it and then it gets gobbled up by something else and Mm -hmm. everything that I love about it goes away, but it's just, you know, continued to build. It seems, you know, like Airtable is here to stay um, versus, you know, it being like not supported anymore or... Mm -hmm sunsetted um which i think is always you know when you're looking through like for new apps that's always kind of in the back of your mind right like you want to make sure it lasts long term or else all your data is just going to go with that when they shut right. down 
<laughs> yeah, you're like, I just put like hours of my, you know, hundreds of hours of my life into this thing. And then now, mm -hmm. all right, fine. It's getting, you know, absorbed by Google or something. I mean, um, it's, a, it's a billion dollar company now, right? Yeah, heard, they just got all that funding, I think. Mm, from from year, VCs, so. yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Really cool. Um, so, and then tell us, of course, you, uh, you know, being a developer, right? You work a lot, not just with sort of the, you know, typical user interface, but you work a lot with their API as well, I'm assuming, right? Mm -hmm. So actually, tell us a little bit about, about that. When I first started using Airtable, that was actually when I started learning about backend design and also front-end design. Cool. And I didn't know how an API actually worked. And I've seen a lot of documentation out on the web for different things that you can use to test out different endpoints. And then I found Airtable's API. And the nice thing about their documents is it actually pulls your data in it. And I've never seen any documentation anywhere else that does that. Mm -hmm. So I can actually like go on my Airtable client and then look at my backend API or and then I'll have like this thing called Postman, which is like a testing platform for testing yeah. different endpoints. And I can just like click it and then I'll see it on the client. And I'm like, oh, that's how it works. Now that it all makes sense. <laughs> right, yeah, super. That was actually yeah. how I learned a lot of these things. Right, because you get that instant feedback and, and it, you know for sure, right? You're like, oh, if it's telling me like, here's a sample of like how the data should look, right? Based on what's mm -hmm. in my base. Now I know how to format it instead of just, yeah, sitting around and being like, why isn't it working? Um, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, certainly there's like still some of that with Airtable, but that that personalized, you know, documentation per base is excellent. Oh, that's amazing. I guess really we should kind of, I think probably the best way to kind of explore your, how you're, you know, using Airtable for solutions along with, you know, Google Sheets and all of this other kind of knowledge you have mm -hmm. um, is for you to just turn your screen over, uh, share your screen with us and lead us through a few of the demos you have. Okay. Let me share some of the things that I've actually built with Airtable. Yeah. So sure. I made like a little slide deck presentation because that's what I normally do whenever I have to present something. I want to talk about three different things that um, in this in this in this demo presentation. The first two are going to be things that I've actually built, plugins or workflows that that you can use with Airtable today that aren't terribly complicated to implement into your workflow to handle different tasks that you might have. Cool. And the last one is a community center demo. So um, I had to do some nonprofit consulting for a. Uh, it's essentially a homeless community center. So it's a center that helps homeless people get off the streets and back into everyday life, right? Awesome. Um, so I have like a prototype that I can show you that has a bunch of fake data on it already. Very cool. So, so the first thing that a lot of users, such as myself and, and people on the forums ask is, how do you back up your images, right? I'm not sure if things have changed since then, if there is a natural way of backing up images through Airtable. But let's say you have a, a spreadsheet, right? And let's keep it super simple. You have the first column is table one, and the second column is tubular rods, or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And you have two columns, right? You have the name and you have the attachment. Um, the name is, is the name of the picture that you want to name that image to the right side, if that makes sense, right? Yes. So let's say I want all this, all these images 
on my local machine, right? And not just live on Airtable's um, image server, right? How would you go from point A to point B? You can right, yeah, I know on the forums, there's, you know, there's this whole thing where you're like, everyone's like, well, I want to be able to download everything in my base, but what about the images, you know? Yeah, what and, about the images? So you can download, you can download the CSV off of this, right? And I'll do it right now for you to see what it looks like. This is the example table that I was showing you, right? You can click here, right here in this little three button widget, and you can actually download the CSV file, which I'll just download in desktop because it's easy to find, right? But if you were to actually look at that Excel spreadsheet, which is right here, let me double click it. Um, that's just where your image is located, right? That's not your actual image. Right. Like I, want, I want the image to physically live on a machine, right? So what I created was actually a macro. Let me just copy paste this for the time being and just push it away because I need to run a different spreadsheet. You see this spreadsheet right here, right? I do indeed. Airtable bulk downloader renamer. So I created this, this Excel VBA plugin. And you don't have to be an expert or anything to know how to run it. It's just Excel, right? You just download the file and then you paste in your contents, the, the things I just copied, into the first two columns like that, right? Nice. And all you have to do is you click this tab at the top called View and then this tab called Macros and then you click View Macros. And when you click that, it'll have like these three random things at the very top, you just click the first one, you just click run, and it asks for a location, uh, sorry, it just asks if you have the correct data format, which is the first column is your, is the name of the picture you want to rename as, mm -hmm. and the second column is, is your image attachment location, right? So you just click okay, and you just give it a folder name, let's just call it, I, I just call it batch one, it doesn't matter what you call it, you can call it whatever, click okay, and it runs through this command prompt interface. So you have to, you have to run this on Windows. Um, I don't have it currently set up for Mac. And you'll see that it actually deleted the first header column. It was supposed to, there was a header column here. It just deleted it, because that, that's just how it works. Um, and you still got the original images here, and you have a bunch of new fields that change, right? And you might be wondering, like, what is all of this stuff? And if you just go back to your desktop, you'll see something has changed, right? These five items are brand new. They right. weren't on my desktop originally, right? But after I ran that macro, we've got new things here. The first thing is if you, if you go back to the original, um, the original table, you'll see that there are three unique images here, but there are six images total, right? So mm -hmm. these three images are unique. And then these three images are duplicates. Does that make sense? Because totally. you have two Husky Happies, and you already have a Husky Happy defined for that image set. Mm -hmm. And you already have a cute doggo up here, right? And then you have a cute doggo one, and they're using the same image. So what it does is it downloads those, those original image assets, and then it creates a subfolder right here, and it's got your rename files. Beautiful. So basically what it does is these three images are just for, for staging, and then this folder right here, this batch folder, that's actually what you want coming out. That makes sense. For sure. What a great solution too, because it's not just you get it to download, but you can also customize the names of the images, right? Instead of just like, 
you know, screenshot whatever, you know, the actual name of the image that you uploaded. So yeah, it ends up being super just neat and uh, yeah, really easy to organize and find. So you could use this, let's say you're putting images to, to employees that work at your company. You can just download every image of every employee that works at your company and you can import that that whole folder over to whatever system you have at work. You might have like an ERP system, like an enterprise resource planning platform, whatever complicated Microsoft suite or Google suite you have. Um, and this is just a nice clean way of just seeing the images themselves on your computer. Um, this only works for Windows though. So that's, that's the first demo I wanted to show. Um, I love it. Please make one for Mac. I would love to use it. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't, I mean, I have a MacBook pro for, for, for my laptop, but I just haven't gone around the setting of a Mac version for it. Cause I understand um, we're in the minority for sure, but maybe someday. Um, there, no, there I is. love just how simple that is and just really, you know, easy to run. Um, definitely solves a problem. Yeah, so it's just a super simple way of handling things. Let me show you the next application, which is, oh, let me just cover over like why you would use this, this, this plugin. So if you want a local copy of images and if you're importing into another platform and you didn't want to use API and you just wanted something super simple with a spreadsheet right, mm -hmm. with the macro and you just run and you're done, right? I love it. The next one is called Airtable to Google Spreadsheet. So let's say you have that same example database, right? Um, and let's say you just wanted to throw it in Google Spreadsheets, right? And you might be asking, why would you want to do that? You have Airtable already, but there are a couple of reasons. The first one is if you're collaborating with someone that you don't normally collaborate with, you don't have to invite them to your Airtable database. You don't have to have them as like a subscribed user. And, and if you're not working with them long-term, why would you need all that anyways, mm -hmm. right? Whereas Google Spreadsheets, anyone can just edit the file and then it's, it's done, right? Next issue is, oh, I, I don't know why I put this over here, but that's just like a command that I used earlier. But the next issue is if, if you want to have like a nicer printout for your, for your document. Um, and, I'll, and I'll show you some examples actually in a moment. Right, yeah, Airtable print, printouts always look like so funky. They're just I not... Actually, I actually have two printouts to show you. Uh, if I go back to my original... Um, go back to my original, what's it called? Not, not through screen share, but through, um, through webcam. So the webcam is still recording, but we can uh, stop the screen share really quick. So we'll get a, a bigger view of your video. Yeah. Let me go to, how do I go? Oh, it's over here on the side. So I'll pause it and I'll stop the share. Perfect. And you can see my screen, right? So. And indeed. So I have two different examples right here. This is, um, these are two purchase orders that I had to make for a company to two um, vendors overseas in China. And you can kind of see this, this is what Airtable normally looks like when you're printing off a document, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to set the, your image sizes. And then when you're setting your image sizes, you're, you got a lot of like wasted space and it's super hard to format, right? And that gets really frustrating because you want as many images, as many data fields as possible and as many rows on, on a single page. That way you don't waste too much paper. So if you throw this in Google Spreadsheets, it's just so much cleaner 
and it actually fills up more space. If you could see like on the margins on the side, it fills up the entire page. Right. And you have a little bit more control over, you know, adjusting the width of columns and stuff like that, where our table is basically just like, you want to print it? Okay, cool. Here's how it looks. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks terrible. So, I mean, there's, there's nothing against Airtable in that regard, but Google Spreadsheets has been around for much longer. So obviously they've, they've thought this through for a very long time of what a good printed spreadsheet looks like. Right. Because Airtable is still a newcomer. That feature isn't really out yet. Mm -hmm. um, so let me go back to screen share. So we've got this, this, this simple two-column table, right? And you want, you want to import this into Google Spreadsheets. What you do is you just highlight every field, you copy it, and then you go over to a new spreadsheet, which let me just make a new spreadsheet, right? And you just paste it, right? And, and as you saw earlier, it's the same, same problem again. You have like these weird formatted column field values, mm -hmm. and you want to format it in such a way that you can just throw it straight into Airtable, or sorry, straight into Google Spreadsheets with images that, that you can actually print out. So what you do is you copy the second column, which is all the unformatted image cells, and you go through this, this, this thing called browserling, which is like, it, it's essentially like a place where you can dump like a lot of text and then you can run this thing called a regex statement, which basically cleans up your file. So you're dumping, you're dumping contents on the page and then you're, you're extracting useful information back essentially. Does that make sense? Nice. Of course. Absolutely. So let me paste those contents that I just copied from the, the second column on my spreadsheet. And then I have, um, I have that, that, that little thing that I had earlier. That's why I put it up there. It's this, it's this little code that you have to put in in order for it to work properly. So you go back to that, that spreadsheet. I actually already pasted it here, but I'm just going to paste it again just to show you that. So you can see like what it looks like from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. You press extract batches and you can see like all the data gets cleaned up, right? Right. Yeah. After you're just telling it, hey, I'm really only interested in this portion because for some reason, Airtable puts the image name and then the URL in parentheses, which... It's weird, right? Right. Like, what are you going to... You're going to have to do something else with that data to get what you need. No, definitely. So if you actually copy this, this link and you just run it through your browser, it'll actually show up as an image. So this is exactly what you, this is exactly what, what Google needs, right? For, for changing that, that field into images. So mm -hmm. you can just paste over whatever you originally had. And then you go to this, the third column, column C, and all you do is you write a formula. The formula is equal image um, parentheses. And then you can see it's got like a few different parameters. All you have to do is just click that image and then you just put a comma and you put one and then you close it off. It's super simple. Um, and then you hit enter. And then you can see there's that little, that little smart doggo image, right? And then if you just pull it down, like you do in Excel, you have all your images, right? So let's say you want these images to be bigger when you're printing it off on a spreadsheet. You can just click on, you can um, left click on the first row and then hold shift and then left click on the sixth row, and then you hold control, and then you see this little arrow thingy. I wish I could zoom this in, but I'm not on a Mac. <laughs> which it's okay. <laughs> so, 
you just you just hold con left control and then you just hold left click and then you just drag it and then you can see the images get bigger and then you can print it off and then it'll look the size of the images depends on the size of the the call or the, sorry, the cell height right and you have so much more control in google sheets you know to determine that image size to center them or left align or right align or you know whatever you want and you know i i really do kind of like how this is such a great use case for like those those fringe things right that mm -hmm. like you you know they're kind of specific because normally like most people who use airtable probably don't need to do a printout of their database but if you need mm -hmm. it you really need it, right? And you need to be able to format it to look how you want. Exactly. Uh, uh, also, too, for, you know, editing and, and stuff like that, right? It is, especially if you're on, you know, a paid Airtable plan, you're like, I really don't want to just add a person <laughs> and, you know, type some stuff in. Um, they're not worth the, you know, $24 or whatever, so. I guess you could have, like, a... a like a temporary user and then you just rotate passwords for that user every time you have to give it right, off somebody yeah. else. <laughs> but, but or it's you're work, like, yeah. hey, I really want this person to be able to edit this data, but only this specific, you know, table or section of my records, right? Exactly. And, you and, don't want to have to And also I think you hit on like a really good point where uh, you know, some people like Airtable, in my opinion, is fairly easy to learn, but also if you, you know, are working with someone who isn't super tech savvy or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, there's, you know, a little bit of a learning curve that has to happen maybe so they can feel comfortable in Airtable, whereas, you know, Google Sheets, like pretty much everyone knows how to use it. So oh, yeah, everyone you know, knows how to use Excel, Excel spreadsheets and Google spreadsheets, but Airtable has a little bit of a learning curve associated with it. But once you get over, it, it's really simple. Agreed. All right, so that's that's pretty much the second demo. And then the third demo is an actual base. So let me go back to my slides. Um, and this is a homeless community center CRM demo, like a customer relation management demo for managing volunteers. Cool. So this is something that I participated in with a bunch of other people. These are actually developers and, and people in the local community that want to help out. Um, help out these nonprofits, right? And this is just me in the corner right there talking to one of the developers. And then this is the actual person that runs that center, correct? Cool. Um, and actually I built an Airtable prototype for them and they actually presented it <laughs> in front of like a hundred people. And I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. <laughs> I built this in, I built, I, like I literally woke up at like 7 a.m. like, man, I just, I, I didn't make a prototype for, for these guys yet. And the presentation's at nine. And I literally just, just like printed out every document that they sent me, which was like a hundred documents that I had to sign an NDA for. I'm like, let me look at their workflow. And I literally bashed out this entire spreadsheet or base in two hours, believe it or not. <laughs> so that's kind of like the, the nice thing about Airtable is it's a super fast way of prototyping and collaborating with another person. And building something that kind of they can see and understand and maybe they might not stick with their table but at least it's a starting point that they that kind of gets them off the ground so kind of give you an idea of like what this center looks like i actually went and visited it ah, visited it and you can kind of see you have homeless people on the right side that are coming in to do a checkup to see you know whether they're having any issues with 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 the, what they're currently at if they need any food um, what their job search looks like, just different things that a person that's living on the streets that might not necessarily have like the, the best situation 
with what they currently have. Um, so this center kind of specializes in helping people get off and getting off that, that, that livelihood, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just giving um, them the support they need to, you know, improve their life for sure. Yeah. So let me show you what the actual table looks like. So it's this right here. I put fake data for everything. That way I'm not like incriminating anybody. And, and there's a lot of like data compliance issues with putting real data on here. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Scrub data, please. All of this stuff is fake. You can see that I've called some of these some of these names <laughs> with, with different celebrities, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Nicholas Gage right here. Um, and, and essentially, how it works is you have um, six different sorry six different tables, right? You have a client's table, a client's family table, one on one events. Um, that's that was like that image I showed earlier when they actually come in and do a checkup. Any issues that they might have, volunteers and field. So let me just go through the first table. The first table kind of just shows um, some of the metadata associated with that person. And we use a unique value based off their their last name, their first name, and then their middle name if they have one. And then we just generate that as like a formula field right here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can, yeah, it's a it's a formula, which is if you're using Airtable, you're gonna be using formulas a lot. <laughs> And usually you'll put it in the first column. For sure, yeah. Or maybe other columns as well. And that's that's what lets you have unique values. And then this is like their client ID. The client ID is something that's associated with their systems. So they have a lot of they have a lot of other integrations that they have to work with with the government sector for getting grants and funding. Mm -hmm. And they assign every person with a client ID. It's almost like a social security number, but it's not like it's more public, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. Like you can but put this on here, but you can't put a social security number on here, right? Right. You can put their birthday, the government ID doc they have, the email address, um, just any information that they might have on hand, right? And I have another part that links to a different table. So like, like I said earlier, um, these clients routinely visit the center, and then you want to document every visit that they take, right? So... This is a link to the one-on-one -on -one events, and um, this is all generated by another formula, which goes by the dates, I believe. Let me go back. Let me go to the formula. Do this right here. It goes by the date, and it goes by the name of the person, right? You can see it says person, blah, blah, and then date, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how you create unique values for this. That way you don't have, like, two different things that conflict. Right. And then we usually just the 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 client or sorry the the center will specify what type of visit it is if it's um like a care day which is essentially they they need food they need clothing they need the bare essentials right and they're picking up things or if it's something more severe if it's like they're having a domestic house issue which is also a potential thing that that might come up and also there was another column here denoting who actually interviewed those two clients or that client. That way you can keep a track record of saying, okay, staff member A had a meeting with, with client B, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't put that on here. I forgot to put it on here, but good, no <laughs> it's supposed to be there. The next thing is issues. So this, this doesn't necessarily relate directly to the one-on-one -on -one events. It actually relates more towards different fields that, that you might not necessarily see coming. So they might have forms that are rejected for whatever reason. Um, sometimes these clients have to be picked up from the center over to wherever they're staying. 
Um, sometimes they just don't have food. So it just really varies. It's, it's not necessarily something that they actually come in and then say, they'll just tell you over the phone that they're having so-and-so problem. Mm-hmm. Volunteers is for managing different volunteers and volunteer management is always a difficult thing to handle because everyone has different schedules. It's more like running an actual restaurant in a sense that you have to have different criteria. Like, okay, so-and-so can, can, can meet with, has free time around this frame. Right. So I just put generic schedule notes and these are multi-text notes that you can put down and you can say this person's going to school for so-and-so. Um, this is the case manager. So a case manager is, is a person that manages several volunteers. So you might have one case manager that has nine volunteers under them, right? And they're usually the most experienced on the field. So they'll actually know like where, this, like where the homeless people are camping in that specific region. And then I have another thing called fields. So if you're bringing in a volunteer for the first time, they might not know the area. They don't know which areas are considered you know, poorly maintained that have high crime rates that have issues pertaining to that location. So you can add attachments and just add like a, a map and say, Hey, this is the area that's designated for case manager C or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can actually just make notations here as well. Right. Saying, okay, this, this is area one, two, three, four, and you just use an image annotator and you can make notes related to it, which, I didn't put notes here, but I put notes here though. So in some areas you don't want to go past there at 6 PM because it's considered a liability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on the area. The last thing is client family. So you can specify if a client has different uh, relationships with, 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 with their family members that way, in case you need to contact them for whatever reason, maybe they might need support. Maybe they might need help. Maybe, um, it's an emergency contact that something happened to that client and then someone needs to be informed. So you can put that information on here too. So that kind of gives you like a whole overview of this basic customer relation management system that I built out. And this was all built in two hours. Like I literally just put fake data everywhere and there's like a special site that you could just generate fake data. Right. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Yeah. I think it's just something like this, you know, where you can really use that linking power of Airtable, right? That might be mm-hmm. kind of, you know, new to a new concept to an organization or just even the benefit of having, you know, all of this information in one place, right? Like mm-hmm. you might not link clients to a field necessarily, but if you're in here and, you know, looking at people, it's really nice to just be able to look at places too, um, instead of having to like pull up some other, you know, document or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a nice way for, for the, for the, the center to actually understand how everything is related to each other as well. Mm-hmm. And it's transparent in the, in the sense that they can see what's happening behind the scenes. Like they know this, this column right here is linking to a, this column, right? And they can see like through through those those little background blue shaders in the background associated with that item that they're linked together. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it very easy for someone to just like grab onto Airtable and say, "Oh, th- this is how it should be done," or "This is how I imagine it should be done." And then from there, it, it's it lets you have that that communication point, right? Like a, a place that you can both collaborate together on, and that's Absolutely. what makes Airtable so powerful. 
For sure. Yeah. And just the, the visual cues too, right here in the one-on-one -on -one events link column, you can tell, you know, which people have had multiple visits. Maybe there's some in the system that, you know, haven't had any, right. And mm -hmm. you can make inferences just based on, you know, just the purely the visuals, right. That you see on screen. Oh, you can even filter it out too. So you can even go here and then you can filter out which ones didn't show up, which I have to remember how this is done. One-on-one <laughs> <But laughs> -on -one links if it is empty. And there you go. You can, you can look through um, all, the, all the different clients that have never checked in before. And that's when you have to call them up. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, this really easy to just give, you know, this view link to someone and be like, Hey, would you please check in with these people today? We haven't seen them in a while. Um, yeah. Really cool. So they like sort of presented this, did the community center center end up kind of adapting it into their workflow? So this is just like the first prototype. I would love to tell you that they adapted this entire system <laughs> to, 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 to the, the problems that they had, but, they wanted to go with the traditional CRM that specifically targets nonprofits. Mm -hmm. But this was like the starting point and this was like the most important stage in order to get things rolling. Right. And I, I think you, you made a good point earlier where you're like, Hey, I made this in two hours. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, even if this isn't sort of the end product that ends up being used, it's a great way to kind of wrap your head around like, almost the, the personality of the data you have and what you're interested in tracking. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can be like, hey, Airtable's awesome, let's keep rolling. Or, you know, if you are someone like the community center where you probably have a bunch of, you know, different uh, reporting requirements and stuff that, you know, need to be done by specific software, you can be like, this is a great sort of like brainstorming and, and starting point, you know, to continue to develop mm -hmm. things. Yeah, they had they had a lot of specific compliance issues that they had to meet with 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 the local government, and mm -hmm. that was one of the issues that kept getting brought up. And there really wasn't a workaround at that time. There might be today. I'm not entirely sure, but um, I mean, th this is also this is a really nice prototype as well. If you're not working with sensitive data, so right, yeah, kind of shows the power of Airtable. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Vincent, for, you know, showing us um, mm -hmm. all of a little, a really nice selection of your kinds of, you know, Airtable projects and solutions. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, when, if people want to um, contact you or check out your work, um, where should they go visit? Is there a place they can get that Excel macro for downloading images? Yeah. So I have a slide presentation that has, well, it's going to have all the links on there. So I'll just send it over to you. Awesome. We'll include that in the show notes. for. And everyone. then I also have a blog as well, which I generally try to keep everything on there, but sometimes I just forget. <laughs> so this is my blog as well. And I don't have a specific link to those topics, but on the form itself, you can actually go through and look at the post that I've actually made related to the first two topics, which is the bulk downloader um, and renamer tool. And there is an actual link to that spreadsheet right here. So that spreadsheet that I used to, to run the image renaming and the image downloading, it's, it's found right here. Amazing. And I just linked it to Dropbox. Perfect. And well, we'll include that in the show notes so people can um, check out your awesome solutions uh and, and the, sec 
use the them to solve their own base problems. Go ahead. And the second one is another link on the form as well. So, um, yeah, I guess you're going to include it inside of the blog post. So. Yeah, for sure. We'll um, have that in the show notes so people can snatch mm -hmm. that if they want. Well, thank you so much for kind of, it was great to learn about your industry, which honestly, I never even really thought of, you know, like uh, sort of restaurant design and logistics being like a thing that, that people do. Of course, it has to happen, but um, it was really interesting kind of getting a peek into that world and seeing what the, the life of a, a tech guy at a uh, restaurant design company is like. Oh yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> it's not it's not like your usual thing that you'll see every day 